you are being watched. The government has a secret system, a podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. You will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. Hello, and welcome to the library for Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for person of interest featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit Anna. Jude, Anna, how you doing? Uh, I just spent two minutes trying to get Audacity working, so hopefully well. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> uh, we'll find out if I have uh, angry messages from Zathras about yet another audio fuck-up on my part. <laughs> and seeing that, I had to adjust my microphone because I had done some rearranging wires because it was Jude and I's RPG game, and that meant I had to fool around with wires for various reasons which we will not discuss. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Justin's on his schedule I, tonight, I so we'll see if he can keep us on on. I've talked about this track. before about why about like the fact that Discord hates one of my webcams but not another. <laughs> so every time we like, yes. uh, we, it's the one game where I do a video chat on Discord, and I swap out cameras because for some reason you don't want the dramatic zoom. I hate autofocusing. It's so, this is just a personal bugbear of mine. It's like oh. Um, it's like, it's like having to look at yourself, but rare, but like a bear McCreary or not a bear McCreary. Oh, it's a Ronald D Moore joint. So it's like, you're getting like the, like the intense zoom and auto and like refocus. It's so good though. I hate it so fucking much. It's so it's annoying. So fu- it's so funny. It It feels like it really does choose the most dramatic times to like, because I lean in zoom in yeah. on you and uh, it's so good i loved it uh, anyway meanwhile uh i had i had a kind of first meeting today with some people at work who have not seen my like microphone and and headphones set up um and had another round of like wow your audio is so good how how do you get it to sound so good spend several thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry no spend several hundred dollars yeah. Wrong. wrong hobby. <laughs> um, too many expensive hobbies. That's the answer to that question. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't think we have. Ex- I, there is an expensive. There is at least one expensive hobby in this in, in, in the pair of episodes we're covering tonight. Uh, Haberdashery. Firearms. <laughs> okay. Uh, tonight we are covering episodes three and four of season four, Wingman and Brotherhood. Um, I believe Anna has Wingman, so take us away. All right. So this one's written by Amanda Siegel and directed by Frederick E. Otoye. I'm going to interrupt you really quickly. Um, I would like to make a note here that we need to go back and see who has written the most Fusco Fucks episodes and find out if this is one particular writer (gasps) that just really fucking loves Fusco and wants him to be like a fucking baller. And yeah. to be happy and to like get some, or yeah. if this is just somewhere along the lines, the writing, the writers' room decided that Fusco is 
a pimp and needs to have better writing. And so like as a group, they decided (laughs) that Fusco is the man and they need to write more Fusco fucks episodes. I don't care which one it is. I think both answers are great, but I'm, I just, as you're reading the, the written by line, I was like, I wonder if she's written all of our Fusco fucks episodes. I don't know the answer, but I want to know. I can summarize the episode while Jude goes and looks this up and cross references. But as, as listeners, as you may have surmised, uh, this is another Fusco Fox episode. Um, we start the episode with John being called out by the pre- precinct's new captain for yet another knee camp- capping while on duty. He's warned against cowboy nonsense and promises that he'll be better. He, he, yes, yes, John will be better. No more shooting. <laughs> Don't See, worry. It, I, like to li- I like to live in a world... Where, like, I, I, you know, this is a fictional cyberpunk thriller when John is written up for shooting civilians. <laughs> right. <laughs> but don't worry. We'll get back to We'll get back to John. But let's focus on the most important character in this episode. So with John back at the precinct under the watchful eye of the captain, Fusco has to at- interact with their new number, one Andre Cooper, a professional wingman. Fusco, of course, is posing as an insurance salesman who wants help with the ladies. Andre thinks, unlike all of us, that Fusco may be a lost cause, but hey, he's getting paid. Um, Andre helps Fusco with a snazzy new wardrobe, and they head to a bar to practice social skills. Probably unsurprisingly, this does not go particularly well. Andre runs into an old dock worker, dock worker friend named Mickey and is threatened by the partner of a woman he tries to flirt with. And Fusco has to show his badge and defuse the situation. Andre realizes that Fusco's been lying about his job and Fusco says it's because he didn't want to be bullied by his co-workers. Their next stop is an art show where both Fusco and Andre are knocked out and abducted. It turns out that Mickey was paid by someone named Dominic to disappear a container. The, D, uh, the DA wants him to testify, but he doesn't want to rat out his friend. Mickey is not similarly inclined to loyalty, though. He plans to kill Fosco and pit on Andre. The two are locked in a shipping container to await death by heat stroke, um, followed by second death by drowning. But Bear guides Reese and Shaw to their location before things get too dire. Andre decides to testify against Mickey and tells Fusco to give him a call if he wants any more pro-wingman advice. Throughout all of this, John has been busy at the precinct. He and the new captain stage a performance and play two murder suspects against each other, uh, and he works on a missing government shipment aspect of the number case from, the, from a police angle. Ultimately, he apprehends Mickey and has a very productive day of closed cases, as well as um, obtaining a lovely knockoff handbag as a gift for the new captain. Harold and Root have also been hard at work. Uh, Root has a scavenger hunt for them from the machine. Harold poses as a Blackwater mercenary, and the two of them purchase an anti-tank rocket launcher on the black market, (laughs) then bring this missile to a meeting with someone named Jerry. Jerry then leads them to a mobster who wants to buy the missile for 150 grand. Harold gets cold feet when faced by this and tries to back out. So Root just kneecaps the mobsters and they leave with the missile. Finally, the mobsters are discovered by the NYPD via a anonymous tip, and Root and Harold are free to raid their storage facility for a fresh stock of cash. So the first thing I had to remember for this episode is if the missile launcher ever comes up again. I know. I know. I, I, it feels like I'm not gonna, missile. I'm, like, I'm not, not going to yeah. spoil it or anything, but I'm like, okay. I had to, I had to look it up just to see, like, does this get used? 
<laughs> Justin, Justin, is it when I think it is? Uh, or does it come up when I think it does? Do I need I to take off my headphones? I don't know when you're... Um, pull, yeah, pull off your headphones for just a moment. In the finale? No, it's um, it, it's it's in the mid-season. Okay. I was wrong. Okay. Uh, Gosh, womp, we womp. have Jude admitting he's wrong on Oh my tape. god. This is... Wow. Uh, I'm occasionally wrong. And I've got I mean, a backup, too, so we can't lose the recording. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I know Jude's going to put malware on my computer. Um, so the other thing is that um, Fusco continues to be proof that all men should wear um, purple and pinks more. Yeah. Because because he gets like this, he gets a, like a nice purple shirt after his like little makeover, and it looks fantastic. It, it does wonders for his complexion, honestly. Yeah. Although the the thing that gets me though is that even with his like fancy new duds, the jacket still doesn't fit him quite right. The shoulders are just a touch too wide. They don't hang quite correctly. But He's, oh well. Look, I think Fusco's the bee's knees. Uh but Fusco's a an unusually shaped guy. But that's what that's I mean, they're going to the type of store where they tailor shit for you. Well, yes, but I'm saying I can I I would believe that he i would believe that he did not get it that it was not well tailored to him for whatever reason because they they're like we don't have this we we don't have like you know a man shaped like a human badger uh <laughs> off the rack well see like, see this what is, is this is where not, tailoring not comes badger. in though, what, because what, what because was like it that, you get it she, that woman called him the brazilian girl what did she call him the I don't remember. The hedgehog? The ox or something. Uh, no, I they, they call no, him a hedgehog, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the hedgehog. Anyway. I think this uh, might yeah, no, be also that. just like a, a period style thing, maybe. No, nah, oh, because other, other characters other characters have like differently fitting suits. I think like, I don't know exactly what it is. Like, I know that, you know, they're, they're fitting the suits to fitting the jackets to his midriff, which then doesn't necessarily correspond to fitting well in his shoulders. Um, but yeah. that's what tail like that's what tailoring is for. Oh yeah, no, I mean I it, I get that. I'm I'm just trying to. I guess what I'm saying is I think it, it kind of works that like his even tailored his coat doesn't fit 100 percent right. I'm just being I'm just being a fashion nerd here, and it does fit him substantially better than his usual his usual mm-hmm. jackets, which are like an yeah. inch and a half too wide in the shoulders, as opposed yeah. to like half to three quarters of an inch. Agreed. This has been Fashion Nerd Corner with Anna. Yeah, right. This is such a fun episode. Yeah. Oh, did we even finish talking about the episode? Yeah, we did. I, I summarized it. Yeah. I did a good job, Jude. Oh, I don't, I wasn't accusing you of not. I just wasn't. We went so straight directly into conversation <laughs> that I wasn't sure if we had just ignored half the plot. Um, I really love that the wingman guy in this episode He's not skeezy. He's like right. Yeah. His his basically he's a hype man. Yeah. Yeah. He, and his whole thing is just like I'm just here to make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And and like and he's I there that. and and I love that he's there like also being like hey, you know what helps to get to get the ladies to like you? Having a psychologically healthy like mindset on this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a pickup artist. He's, if you want to be attractive to other people, 
Here's how to be a healthy human being. Yeah, he's almost yeah. like he's almost like and an, also how to dress nice. A, a reverse pickup artist in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. calls him a pickup artist, like a, a friend of his who like he introduced to like the like his wife calls him a pickup artist, and I'm like, mm, no. Nah. Yeah, no, I he's like the anti pickup artist. Right. I agree, and yeah. I I appreciate that. Um, I love him honestly. I also really do appreciate like the fact that this show is usually so grounded in reality in so many ways for so much of it, it is not copaganda, mm-hmm. but the way in which this show tries to pretend as though John is like g- getting his chops busted for being like a loose cannon. You know what John would be on a, on a real police force. He'd be a fucking bull in a cow pen. He would be the biggest dick. The biggest, biggest dick. He'd be like in the, cop in of the, the stable. week, you know, yeah. every week. Yeah. He would be the guy all the other cops would want to be like. They'd start buying whatever shoes he wore. They would figure out what <laughs> jeans he bought and they would buy that brand of jeans. No, no, they, they would, would all start they would all start wearing uh, uh oh, that's asphalt right. or black wear- suits. Yeah. You'd have all the detectives wearing the same bland black suit. I mean, he all all the criminals would end up shot in the knee because they'd all be trying to imitate him. <laughs> to be fair to John, some of his suits are very dark asphalt colored. They're not all black. Yes. Yeah. And he'll tell you that too. <laughs> it's the it's the these are mid it's the archer bit. These are midnight. And these are void. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. black and even darker black. Uh, one thing, I, I, okay, to rag on John a little bit more, or yeah. that or like his stunt actor, whoever's doing it. So there's a scene at like the end of it where they're they're taking the guys down, and John does like a spearing shoulder tackle. And as someone <laughs> who watches wrestling, I'm like, I know a shitty like stage shoulder tackle when I see one because it's like <laughs> you're not really like it's like you're. Because the, like a spear is like you were leading with you, like the sharp part of your shoulder and landing that in someone's gut. When it looks bad, it's more like you're jumping at someone and hugging them. <laughs> and that's what it looks like in this scene. Yeah. It's hilarious. There's a lot about this episode that works. And I think the only part that doesn't really is the Dominic stuff. But that may just be because it's a subplot I... It's like the one part of this season I don't love. Yeah, the the brotherhood stuff. I'm not I'm not yeah. a fan of that. Uh, other than that, it's bringing Elias back and like I'm on board yeah, with anything that. that brings Elias back. Yeah, it's it's more like we get we get a we get a temporal we we get like a real we get an enemy that isn't Samaritan who we can bring Elias in on and have them like sort of be to like be at mm-hmm. odds and I think that's fine. Um, we will talk about Dominic in the next episode where I will, um, I think I'll have to be squirt bottled for it, but we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) But, um, I also do love how Harold just like immediately adopts this, like Mr. Egret, his villainous persona. Right. Right. (laughs) It's so silly. I love it. And, Oh, the moment where somebody's like, you don't seem like what I would expect. And he's like, that's because I have only two modes, 
perfectly normal and angry and you wouldn't like to see me when i'm angry (laughs) it's great (sighs) this run of episodes here are great because and i think one of the things i I love about this season at the start of the show you you got to kind of see that finch you, you get this first impression of finch as like this nerd that sits behind his computers and can't do shit but then you see him kind of like being forced out Mm-hmm. to do stuff. And then as the show goes on, you realize that he's actually quite capable. Yeah. I mean, with the with the the briefcase computer in Ordos and like he he's gotten up to some stuff. He's done some fucking spycrafty shit and he can break into doors and he can do stuff. But then that kind of faded for a while here. He's kind of been on the down low for a little bit. And this season you get to see him like getting his hands dirty out in the field again. And you, and you, it's reminding you that like Harold has been keeping himself utterly off the radar, basically his entire life. Yeah. This, he is not like some helpless dweeb. The fact that he doesn't carry a gun and won't shoot people doesn't mean he's not capable or dangerous. Yeah. You know? So one of, one of my favorite little bits from this episode is when um, it is when, John is being called into the captain's office for his dressing down. Um, And she says that, you know, the man that he shot is probably going to need crutches for the rest of his life. And I'm like, finally, someone says it. I, you know, Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where I'm like, I like living in the fictional universe where it's like, we don't worry about this. But at the same time, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I love that it immediately fades into the background again. But we have one instance of being like... Really? You're shooting people in the in the knee? The the notoriously the notoriously like awful human body part? In uh Prophets, which is an episode we'll talk about next episode, there's an incidence of this. And I only mention it. It's a, a throwaway thing, but I only mention it because it is clear that he shoots the guy directly in the kneecap. <laughs> Not like in the leg, but like directly in the kneecap. And I'm just like, Jesus, John, (laughs) Jesus, if that actually were being portrayed accurately, the the guy's leg would fucking invert and blow out backwards. But (laughs) this guy is going to, I mean, these, these people that he shoots like this, none of them are going to walk right again. (laughs) Right. None of them. I think the person of interest exists in a universe similar to like how RPGs will classify, um, enemy types whether they have like whether they just have hit points or where they uh, they actually have hit locations mm-hmm. and i think everybody who john decaps in the series who like is an unnamed person just has hit points mm. okay where it's if it's higher than one you're okay mm-hmm. and yeah. you can just All you right. can just have the you can just have your like healers just and there it's fine that's i i choose not to think about this too hard i mean it makes a certain it makes a certain kind of sense because also like the these characters on this show have been most of them have been shot in horrible places to be shot <laughs> several times and at least and two you of don't them see, have taken a multiple stories fall yeah yeah and they do nothing yeah None of them, like, other than the fact that John is too old, the actor who plays John is is either too old or too boring to do his own stunts. Like, John is a little creaky, but 
he's fine. Samit got gut shot in the, <laughs> her first appearance, and she was like, I'm fine. Yeah. Now she's running around, like, getting up to shenanigans and doing all kinds of stuff, and she's apparently fine with having, like, a perforated intestine. Like, that's not... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not important. Moving on. <laughs> We're going? Well, I mean, moving on from that topic. Yes. Well, I, I do want to say as my last thing for this is that I really hope that Fusco brings his newfound confidence back to Falafel Lady because I really liked her. Does she come back? I don't think so. That's too bad. <laughs> there there are less. She has t- I know she has two appearances, but I can't remember if we've already seen her second one. Yeah. I can I can dream. I can dream that <laughs> Falafel that, Lady yeah. returns. Yes. They were good. They were they went well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The fact that we're calling her falafel lady does not give her, give me high hopes for her return. <laughs> uh, we done with this one? Yep. All right. So now we are on to episode four, Brotherhood, written by Denise Tay and directed by Chris Fisher. Chris Fisher. Why did I say Fisher? Um, Fisher. Fisher. Our numbers today are Tracy and Malcolm Booker, two kids who are in the fall. Fo- Two siblings who are in the foster system due to an incarcerated mother. John finds out that both kids skip school and tracks him to a crime scene where a drug trade had gone south with several dead gang members. Harold tails them and finds the kids have stolen the drug money and bought new clothes. The kids find Harold tailing them and give him the slip. While Harold is on the subway, Elias shows up. Harold tries to convince Elias to help and Elias tries to inquire about the recent change in the team's activities. Shaw hijacks one of the survivors of the gang fight from his ambulance, a guy named Minnie, played by Winston Duke, which I will say, oh, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, that is, Wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> to find the Brotherhood. Shaw saves the kids from being ambushed and drives off with Minnie. John and the DEA agent who's looking into all this, Agent Lennox, find out that the kids stole the money to hire a lawyer uh, to uh, to save their mom, who was sent to Rikers for a weapons charge for a boyfriend's gun. We'll eventually find out later that it's Malcolm's gun, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. I, we'll talk about that later. Shaw tries to convince Minnie to give up the Brotherhood and Dominic, but he seems steadfast. Meanwhile, Lennox turns out to be a Brotherhood agent. Oh no! Listen, <laughs> who saw you, that coming? Yeah, and listen. If a lady wears like high enough heels in this universe, you know she's evil. Especially, especially to murderous. a crime scene, or at least right? murderous. Like, like nobody, nobody who's not like. Nobody who's not evil or murderous shows up in four-inch stilettos to a crime scene. You're proposing a correlation between sociopathy and the ability or the willingness to wear dangerous heels in dangerous circumstances? It's willingness. Yes. Willingness to wear dangerous heels in a dangerous situation? The other person who we've seen who, like wore extremely bananas heels in dangerous situations is a root. Yeah. Shaw did it too. Shaw. Yeah. I, this is why I'm not saying evil, but murderous. Yeah. Yeah. Shaw wears, I wa- Shaw wears chunky and Carter heels. Carter always, though. not always, not always. Most of the time. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I guarantee you, if we haven't seen it already, I guarantee you they'll show Martine wearing some eyeball stabbing stiletto heels at some point. <laughs> but I uh, bet you Carter, Carter probably always wears practical shoes. I think they I think they had her in like chunky high heeled boots. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, I'm into this theory. Gang members come to get the kids. John sneaks through the building and ends up getting saved by Fusco. Uh, Malcolm gives them the slip and goes to the Brotherhood to offer them the money. John shows up and trades himself for Malcolm. John reveals that Lennox stole the money because there was like a whole switcheroo thing going on. And I, frankly, this episode is really just like a snoozer, relatively. <laughs> Shaw lets Minnie go and tracks him, finding a laundromat where the Brotherhood moves its drugs. She calls Link and tells him to cut Reese loose in exchange for her not burning up all the drugs. After the dust is settled, John visits the kids and tells Malcolm that he's helped them get reassigned to a new home together. Harold visits Elias again on the subway and informs him that things have truly changed. He offers Elias a copy of the Invisible Man, a document for how they will survive in the future. Uh, Minnie gets picked up by Link and he reveals he knew about Shaw's tracker and that he's actually Dominic. Uh, Link found Agent Lennox and Dominic shoots her and they dump her out of the car. He orders Link to get the mom's kid, kid's mom uh, released from jail and they've got work to do. I I don't have a ton <laughs> to say about this episode because it's like for, for an episode that I wrote the summary for, it's still like slid off my brain. <laughs> I just don't like the the Brotherhood stuff. And also, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the the Brotherhood is pretty meh, and like this is also the least fun like kids in danger episode we've had so far yeah. by a long shot. Um, because we don't have we don't have like the fun the fun like you know attempt to parenting aspect of Baby Blue, um, mm-hmm. and and. The kids are less interesting and like fun than the than the like little Russian girl that Shaw yeah. saves. Yeah, they are yeah. they are kids who are like they don't really have a thing like like they're the thing they want is something that is like they're not mischievous kids. They're like oh we're trying to get our mom sprung from jail and we've got caught in a gang war and the fact that there's two of them makes it like so that like each of them has less characterization yeah yeah i just don't like the brotherhood i don't like that shaw (laughs) gets like i'm gonna like keep a counter of every time you say this in the episode because we're up to like four now i just don't um i i couldn't the actor who plays dominic is really good yeah uh by the way so so dominic is played by winston duke you probably know him from either us or Black Panther. He played M'Baku, which mm-hmm. Lord that man's is- size. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is like one of those things that I will get extremely horny about on the show. It's the Justin fans themselves hour. Yeah, I'm yes. This is the you know, we we've got a couple things, and it's like we don't have dick te- we we don't have technical dicks on this one, but we do have Winston Duke. <laughs> No Anson Mount, no tentacle dicks. We take what we can get. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I really like the actor and I like, if this had been like a season one or season two plot, I'd have been totally into it. Uh, I just think that in this season, it's 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 wasted airtime. Yeah. Um, the only thing redeeming it is that we do get, it brings Elias back in. And I, we, I mean, we're all on the record as loving Elias. Yeah. So I'm into that. Yeah. I I do appreciate the, that the kids are not like entirely helpless or dumb. Like they are, they are fairly clever. Like that they mm-hmm. have a plan. Um, yeah, and they're like working towards something where if they weren't being targeted by the Brotherhood, like you know, they may have been able to like 
achieve success at something. But yeah, but you know, they don't like we said, they don't get a ton of characterization other than like as a unit, they're like, you know, not, you know, they aren't like entirely just like weeping and helpless, but they're not well-rounded. Yeah. They're not well-rounded even by the, you know, standards of like standalone numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and there's even like, oh, there, it's weird because it's like there isn't even like a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this episode, which is like, it's like, eh, it's, it's, it's here. We do get Bear eating the Harold's uh, students' homework. God, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the, the thing that breaks like plausible deniability for me, though, on this is, you know, we get the twist with like mini Dominic at the end Mm -hmm. but i personally like cannot believe that shaw did not see through that right i remember watching that yes absolutely agree i remember watching this episode when it aired and saying to christine no no i refuse to believe that top spy shaw would get bamboozled by this small time relatively speaking gang leader i think it's because they want to set it's because they want to set him up as it's, it's more it's, than it's because they want to set him up as the guy who's going to rival Elias. The problem is, is that, okay, we're going to go to wrestling thing here. They're booking him like shit. My man is just taking L's. Like the brotherhood is just taking L's and we're supposed to think they're a credible threat, even though they're getting foiled at every opportunity. And we haven't even seen them get like a minor win really. Right. Uh, to translate that, uh, for those of us that don't watch wrestling, uh, it's a case of tell not show. They tell us that the Brotherhood is a big re- yeah. threat, but we don't actually see it happen. They don't even uh-huh. have like cool presentation like Vigilance does, where it's like Vigilance has mass dudes with guns doing like weird like covert op shit, and that like yeah. like even and they were and they were still dweebs. Like they're still they were still fucking losers. They're still dweebs, but they at least looked good least, doing it. They at least had good presentation. They knew they knew how to market their gimmick. There you go. <laughs> you know the episode is bad when we are just like off in the fucking weeds about it like yeah. this. Let's just move on. Are we done? We're done with this episode. Unless you, unless y'all got it something else. I All can't right, believe we're gonna turn into like a. We're gonna t- turn into like a sub forty minute episode on this one. Wow. Um, there a couple. I mean, let's let's sum up the, these two episodes. Fusco fucks. Good brotherhood. Bad. Yeah. There you go. Could have saved us thirty one minutes. Yeah, we're, we're we're we've taken a break from Samaritan stuff, and like you know, it's nice to have these episodes as like a breather and a speed bump. And I'm like, I don't find that particularly offensive or objectionable. But overall, it's just like, yeah, I'm at the point where I want more. And like, like Wingman is fine, but I think Brotherhood is just it's not doing enough in the episode. Yeah, and yep. actually, actually, I wouldn't mind like before you wrap up. The, the point about, like, Elias versus Dominic is actually quite interesting because we're introduced to both of them when they're yeah. masquerading as somebody else. Um, so yeah. I think the, the parallels there are yeah, yeah. pretty interesting to think about. Um, but, you know, the it's, it's interesting to think that, like, Elias, you know, Elias completely fooled John. And he also John's was a much more... dumber than Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just say it. And also, and also, like, 
I think part of it is that Elias did manage to fool the audience, but I don't think like I was suspicious of Dominic, like or not, you know, of Minnie fairly of early Minnie. on. But yep. you know, that that you know, the the twist seemed a lot more like expected. Um whereas Elias was like legitimately shocking. Um and and also the fact that Elias was a number and mini slash doc Dominic is not. Yeah. Agreed. But I think it's an interesting, interesting parallels there and one works and the other doesn't. Alas. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I think we are good for this one. Um, this might be our shortest episode in like a season <laughs> and a half. Yeah. I think probably. Yeah. We're going to cover episodes five and six next time. Profits. And pretenders. Until next time, we are being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license. 